So here we go, episode six, uh, Gospel Conversations, part three, and we don't know if there'll be a part four, because we could exhaust the topic right now, right, Brandon? Never. Never. We'll never exhaust it. Um, I have a confession. As that I've that been, was like a total churchy thing, like, we'll never exhaust talking We will never, gospel. and that's when you want the pastor to shut up. That's my worst fear, is that a pastor will get up front and say, I could talk about this all day. And you say, oh, please don't. (laughs) I'm starting to have this bad habit, man. Yeah. Like where I go, I know I'm going along. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like. Oh, and people start doing this number where they're like, they're looking at their watch and clearing their throats and stomachs start growling. And so please don't talk all day long. Um, No, but back to it. I I think, so here's my confession about this understanding of the gospel, I do feel um, like a, a just such a longing in my heart to know how to do this. And I don't mean do like as in a work, but as in just how to be a part of this kingdom. And you get hints and glimmers of tapping into just how amazing um, Jesus is. But at the same time, you kind of feel this regret for maybe the way you've done it um, mm. or the way you've interacted over the years. Um, but I just, I wrote this, I wrote this down as like how desperate I am to connect with Jesus in this mission and in this place. Like I, it's an honor to be called his son. It's an honor to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a pastor, but it's just to be a part of the kingdom of God. I want to I want to live it, and and so I put this question: um, How do we do it? Um, but how can we be it? How can we like embody this kingdom? Um, as you think about your own up until this point, and we hit on this kind of stuff in different ways, obviously when we talk. But do you have regrets on the way you have approached the gospel in ministry? I, I, yes, I think early on. He said for yes. Sure, early on. <laughs> what, my favorite part. No? no, my favorite part of when we talk is that sometimes I'll ask a question, and you'll go, "Man, <laughs> what was I going to say?" It's, oh wait, it's buffer. No, it's buffer. I forgot. So I can think. I forgot, and then I start talking. And you go, "Oh, I got it." <laughs> so Chad, you got it. You. Go for it. Yes. Buying into the the belief that how I preach is almost like the key to being effective for people's response Mm -hmm. to Jesus. So in other words, um, preach harder, preach faster, preach with more emotion, be, you know, use great illustrations and like all of those things that I think I would need to add to it. Like in terms of that platform, like I would definitely say like there's been moments where I tried to create a gospel moment, right? Like I tried to force or finagle that emotional response. And at the end of the day, it's like the motives were mixed, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, I want them to connect to Jesus, but I really want to feel effective. And like that is always like, that is one that I used to, I still wrestle with, but like, I don't give into nearly as much. You know, so it's like definitely that. Um, I think appealing more to um, 
be people's behaviors than people's longings. Okay. If that makes sense. Like that, that would be one where I, like a lot of times you can miss the boat on going deeper into the heart. Like, what are you really longing for? And a lot of times just being like, Hey, you know, being in college ministry back in my early days, being like, Hey, um, you're sinning sexually. Let's stop that. You need Jesus. Yeah. You know, like instead of going, why are you like going mm-hmm. to that deeper spot? So do you well, think, just, like, uh, I, I want to jump in on that. We're just right there. Do you think people then sometimes, if is that a shortcut to understanding the gospel and being saved, just stopping a behavior? Yeah, I think so. hundred percent. You know, like, like we talked about, I like, can't remember which episode it was like the rich young ruler. Just, just, mm-hmm. just I've stop. done this. I've done that. Boom. Yeah. I'm good. Or even in John six. And I know we talked about this too. It's like, well, just tell me what works I need to do to get this mm-hmm. bread, you know? And Jesus yeah. is just like, um, the work is to believe. Yeah. Well, I don't like that. You know, so it's like, yeah, I totally think it's easy. It's easier just to identify, check, 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 and to ignore the heart. Yeah. I have been in those types of church services as well and have led them and have been like, well, we better, I guess we should share the gospel. Uh, And you get critiqued sometimes and people come in and it's like, why don't you guys ever share the gospel? And you're like, I thought I I was. (laughs) I thought I have been. Right. Isn't this whole thing about that? Um, But, you know, some churches will even do like, oh, hey, everybody, this week is going to be Gospel Sunday. So, you know, put on your stupid caps because all of you who know it already (laughs) don't, you know, just bring people that don't know. And you can check out because this week is going to be the week that where we talk about the baby steps to following God. And I would say now... I am like, no way. I have, it's like been blown up to this magnitude that I can't even, I I can't even grab a hold of it. It's like I've just uh, stepped to the ocean and been hit by this massive wave called the kingdom of God and the goodness of God. And it's it's almost this, I'd like to introduce you to this, but it's kind of big. (laughs) I don't really know how to do it except to maybe like, fling a little salt water your way uh, as you're sitting out there in the desert. Um, I, that, that's that been both exhilarating to have that happen and frustrating and then brings up those feelings of regret and stuff where I'm like, ah, Lord, how can I, you know, how can I do this better? Yeah. Is um, that a tension you guys feel like, it, like with like Jesus Sunday? Yeah, I, I think... I, I was just thinking of that actually right when I said it, I was like, ooh, like I'm having, we have this thing. Um, for me, Jesus Sunday is, because that's the first question people ask, isn't every Sunday Jesus Sunday? Well, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. But I think it's been a, it's almost a an anchor point to make sure, I, like sometimes I feel like it's for me. <laughs> it's for me to remember this is about him. This is always about him. And you, you've seen, you know, our the lobby there and, and you know, I loved when we were actually in the same building ministering together, and that was one of the things that you brought a focus to Jesus, and it was this. I remember like that phrase, listen to Jesus, do what he says, listen to Jesus, do what he says. And, you know, there's part of me that's like, yeah, okay, fine, <laughs> I will. But now it's like you you start to see it, and you see that this whole thing, this whole gospel from beginning to end is about him. And so 
Jesus Sunday is definitely a place where people might get some water, some salt water of the ocean of God's goodness splashed on their face. But for me, it's a it's more of an anchor point um, to say, hey, this really is all we're about. Like this, it, it is about Him. But it's a really good check, though, just even to hear you ask yeah. me that, because I don't, yeah, I don't want to to push it into a corner or be like, oh, that's that's for that's almost like the you know first grade. Like we'll have you go meet with somebody who will go over the basics and then you can really get to the deep stuff. To yeah. me, like it is the deep. It is the deep. Yeah. I mean, we do we do the celebration Sundays, you mm-hmm. know, and the whole idea on that is just like, hey, using it as an opportunity to probably invite folks who normally wouldn't come. Plus, you know, when you do baptisms people who are connected to that individual tend to come or don't even in there or like don't normally go to church come, but we're like, as a church, like we're going, Mm -hmm. how do we form our our spiritual life as a community and understand that we want to celebrate life change through Jesus. So it's like, Hey, we're going to actually carve out. Yes, we should celebrate every Sunday, but like, you know, listen, we're just going to like, let their stories be the sermon. Like, yeah. So like that's that's the idea, but it's it's like how do you instill it to like what you're saying and what you know I'm trying to say is like we're in, trying to instill a deeper value of trying to celebrate and to mm-hmm. ho- come back to the core of it all. Like yeah. you know, Paul, like I I resolved to know nothing except Christ crucified. So are we saying that like that was the, his stupid hat and that's all he did every time he preached? <laughs> You know, it's like, no, that was a filter. It was a value. Like, this is what matters. Right. Like, and so out of that becomes like this wellspring of different angles and it gospel Mm -hmm. is all encompassing, you know, and it's not just, hey, raise your hands, close your eyes. Yes, you in the corner. Thank you so much. You know, like coming down to that spot. Is it important? Sure. hundred percent. Not negating that, but. Right. The foolishness of the cross, um, I just saw that First Corinthians, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's what I hear Paul saying. It's like, I thought that was just punishment. That was just, oh, that guy was nothing. And then all of a sudden it, it flips to, no, actually it's it was a coronation. I was at the coronation of the king of the world, the king of the universe, the king of all time and outside of time. Um, that is... It, it's been so good to frame things in my own heart that way. Um, there's a, what's his name? Sky Jitani, um, Holy Post podcast. But I read read some of his books. I really like his line of thinking. He has one about ministry, a little bit about being a pastor. And he tells the story um, because th- this is what's weird. Who needs to hear the gospel? He finds himself in a hospital room as a young pastor And there's a guy in the hospital bed who has been in a drunk driving accident and he's laying there all like messed up and he walks in and he's a young pastor and he's like, what do I do? And okay, this guy needs to hear the gospel. This guy needs to experience the gospel. And then he finds out the guy is a former pastor Hmm. and is getting a divorce from his wife. And it's just this, um, oh no. What do Man. I, you know, and he said, 
the guy actually turned to him and said, it's okay. You can leave. So he said, I walked to the door. I put my hand on the knob and his phrase came back from, it was a professor. He said, who had said something to him and said, when you enter the room, you represent the presence of God. And so of all the places to not have a like simple presentation of the gospel, this guy knows it. He probably could give it back to him, has presented it to people, has understood it. And so he said, I turned around, I walked back over there and he says, I have no idea what I'm doing. He goes, but I sat down next to that guy and I just grabbed his hand. I just sat there and he said, just big old tears started to flow down his face because there were no words. There was nothing more than just, I stayed and I entered into his pain and I decided, okay, I'm going to represent the presence of God, even though I'm scared to death to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you had any situations, uh, just think about the past year or so of interacting with people that you didn't quite know how to approach? I, I, so one, one is there's a group of people that I've been, you know, just trying to share the gospel with. And sometimes it's like hard when you say like, when I like right there, like that, right. I just said right there. It's like when I tried to share the gospel with, right. We immediately have this, like, are you talking like you pulled out the napkin and drew the bridge? Right. Or right. are you talking? Or you about found a moment in the conversation. Yeah. yeah, you know when I. So what I mean when I say that hmm. is not what people probably think. Like when I say I'm trying to like share the gospel with them, it's like I want them to see Jesus. Yeah, and and to understand that the kingdom of God is 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 subversive and immersive. It's like mm-hmm. it's a better thing. So there's there's very difficult ways for me to enter into these conversations with this group to be crystal clear about Jesus just because they're antagonist or been mm-hmm. seriously wounded by the church and so what I've discovered is the power of praying mm-hmm. for that and presence okay. like just being there kind of like what you were just sharing in that story and then also the, it changes where they start to ask questions into mm-hmm. instead of like trying to force scenarios in. I can think of uh, another one where the story that this young lady was sharing with me was horrible, horrible. And like, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And I like, Jesus loves you. <laughs> you know, right. and it's just like, well, if he did, yeah, then like, why I'm sorry. that? I'm right? sorry. <laughs> he he has a purpose for that. Oh, okay. Hmm. Y- you know, it's just hard. So you should, I'm just going like, Lord, none of my prescribed answers or right. remedies uh, fit here, even though yeah. they're all true. They're just sounding off as cliche. So you're just like, Holy Spirit, how do you break into that? You know, and just, again, it, it's just loving, walking alongside the kindness and trusting that the Lord knows how to communicate to her or to them in his unique way. You don't have to like always try to close the deal, you know, and it's just like, because Jesus addressed almost everybody in the gospels differently, Hmm. right? He he never tried to sign the deal in those moments. He let people walk away. Yeah, He sometimes was very clear, like, hey, today you need to make a decision. And there's like it, it's this plethora 
of doing it. So like maybe there's a key to Jesus doing what the Father tells him to do or Jesus saying what the Father tells him to say and when and how, you know, it's like he's the one ultimately curating hearts. But yeah. I don't know if, if I was in sync with what you were saying, but that's what yeah, it totally. brought well, my I, mind to. I think it's it. You, you know it when we run into situations where exactly what you said, I don't know what to say. And yet I know truth. I know the truth of who Jesus is. I know how he has answered those things for me, but I'm not quite sure how to enter in. Um, and I think, like you said, the way Jesus interacted with people, it was different with everyone, but the one thing that was consistent was his presence yeah. incarnated, God incarnated in front of them, talking to them, interacting with them. And so I've, I've been thinking a lot about just what it means to incarnate into somebody's life. So if if it remains just an intellectual set of facts and and though they are super important you know our uh, sinfulness our separation from god the need to have uh, those you know have that answered for uh, in the atonement and to have access we you know we've hit on that a few times back into god's presence but let's say i have somebody and i make sure okay here's all the things you got it yeah then what's your answer no, <laughs> I don't. I don't want that. Okay, then I wash my hands of you. I have shared the gospel with you. You're on your own. And I walk away. I think that's how the church has approached so much. In fact, even in our in some of those organizations that are like trying to um, cause the return of Jesus indirectly by sharing the gospel with every nation on earth. And it's like, that's the pitch. Like if, you know, if one person and then that person and then that person shares and that person shares by the year, blah, 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 everyone will have heard. And you're like, yeah, except for those who haven't been born yet. <laughs> yeah. Or, or been born after you've been there. Or have <laughs> heard a sh- quick list view of the gospel or and hasn't seen it incarnated in any way in someone's life and hasn't, you know, I, I think that's where... If somebody were yeah. to ask me, how can I share the gospel? I'm not still, sh- I'm sure, not sure yet what I would say to do. Um, and, and it's, well, let's go to the gospels. What does it say? You know, preach, heal, cast out demons. Like, and so some people are like, okay, I cast this, <laughs> I cast right. out the, and you're like, what is, what am I supposed to do? Lord, I love you and I love your kingdom, but this is, this is difficult. Sometimes my weakness or my flesh, I would say, leads me sometimes to want to treasure efficiency mm-hmm. more than than ministry, if that makes sense. Like efficiency in what though? Um, okay, so this is where the regret's going to come in. Okay, so we were I took our staff and a couple of elders to a conference this past last week, and. Um, at end of one of the sessions, they just, you know, extended the worship and had a bunch of people up praying and, and, you know, and, and I was just like, okay, God, I'll, I'll come up for prayer. can't hurt. And I'm standing in line okay. and, and I'm getting frustrated. There's a, I'm looking around like, there's a lot of people, a lot of people waiting. Can you just hurry up? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, <laughs> can you just say your prayer, bless them and have them move on? Yeah. But everybody 
that was praying for people were 100% present with that person. No rush, no, no agenda, no concern for time. They were there. And, and all of a sudden, it was like I was so convicted because I'm like, this is how I oftentimes treat people. Like, come on. Cool. Come up for prayer yeah. at the end of church. Let me pray it. Cool. See ya. You know, and, and like it just really hit me because I'm like, this is this is beautiful because it remind think this makes me think of Jesus. It's in either first or second Thessalonians where like Paul was saying, like, hey, we we were so oh, gosh, it's gonna bother me till I find it. Like, you know, we enjoyed sharing the word of Christ, but also our own lives. Yeah. with you like we were yeah, there with you we lived with you like we fathered you like you know it's like you're like okay i feel like that part's missing mm-hmm. you know yeah, isn't did. that jesus yeah i think there's a good point that you're making about the time it can take for someone to experience the love of god and even in the middle of this long stretch of time people are going to have their moments of rejecting him. And I think our efficiency, like you said, causes us to punt on people. Now, where it's easier to hang in there with somebody is if they're family um, or a really close friend. And so if you have family or a really close friend who you want to see know the Lord and they reject, you don't say, well, forget you. You're on your own. Now, some do, and that can be cultish and controlling and been around those kinds of people. It's awful. Um, but we usually know, well, okay, they're family or they're, they're friends, and so I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to keep praying for them. I'm committed over the long haul. And I think that's what Jesus, like you said, showed to everyone. There was this love and commitment to them that said, okay, even through the ups and downs, And not that I'm just going to, if you reject it now, then the next time I talk to you, I'm going to go through all of the facts again from the Bible about the gospel, and then I'll give you another chance. It's, no, I'm going to do life with you, and I'm going to look for opportunities to help put those pieces together and not be cheeky in like a, oh, you said you don't have hope. Can I tell you where I have found hope this week, Brandon? (laughs) Like this, it's just disingenuous and it's not a real conversation, but you know when it's real. You know when somebody is actually saying, okay, what, like what's going on? Like why, why, how can I do this? Like I'm interested in what you think because I know you believe in Jesus and I know like, I mean, so there's, I think that place of I, Lord, I want to love the way you love. And it seems like an enduring, resilient persevering commitment to people, even yeah. when they do not want what you have, is important. Yeah. Yeah. I found the verse. Of course you did. I was listening, though. <laughs> I promise. No, I'm saying, of course you did, because usually you do. So let's hear it. First um, Thessalonians 2, I'm just going to start with verse 4. Instead, he's talking about like people who previously used the gospel for their own purposes. Instead, we just as we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. So we speak not to please people, but God who examines our hearts. We don't use flattering speech, as you know, or have greedy motives. God is our witness. We didn't seek glory from people or from you or from others. Hmm. Although we could have been a burden as Christ's apostles, instead, we were gentle among you as a nurse nurtures her own children. 
Fascinating, right? Yeah. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you've become dear to us. For you remember our labor and hardship, brothers and sisters, working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. And it goes on, like, as you know, like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, and implored each of you to walk worthy of God who mm-hmm. calls you into his own kingdom and glory. I mean, just like, that, we that shared our lives. We shared our lives, yeah. Dude, but like even on the fourth, like the beginning part, like, like come on, let's just be honest. Sometimes we, m- maybe me more than you, because I'm way more arrogant, um, like the temptation to, to use our platforms and use mm-hmm. our leadership, pastoring, whatever, to, to <laughs> f- use flattering speech to create response, yeah. right? Yeah. To is that greedy motive, right? Like, mm. we're not, like, trying to say, hey, now give me more money, but we're trying to grow our church. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, like, that's a check for our hearts. Like, yeah. oof. Yeah. You know, like, but, what is our purpose in doing what we're doing, <laughs> you know? Uh, the word that, that you paused on in the middle of that little phrase was the, like, a nurse with her children, like, the caring to that mm-hmm. degree. Um, I wrote in my notes this week of some of our shortcuts to the gospel. Um, and like, I feel like sometimes we are like civil war surgeons. Um, so in the middle of the battle, somebody comes in and we don't have the advances of 2023. We don't know about, you know, all the new stuff, sterilization, all the techniques about, Oh no, no, you can, you can mobilize this leg. We can do surgery. We can put a screw in there. We can do this. Oh, we can take flesh from this part. We can transfer, you know, all the, think about the medical advances that we have. And they're like that leg. Nope. Cut it off. (laughs) (laughs) Amputate. Like I feel like it. And so it's just quick fix. You just need to accept it. That's it. And where somebody may have um, a past that doesn't, just have bad choices where we've always focused on the behavior, but it has real deep, dark, broken moments. And yes, God and his kingdom is the answer, but yeah, give him a little credit for being the great physician and that he can take a lifetime. Ooh, I see what you did there. Yeah. That he could take a lifetime of saving and that we can lean into Lord, what is needed, man, I'm challenged. And also, mm-hmm. way, I feel like it's way I'm way out of my league here. Like I don't know at all like how to do that. But I know that I feel like I know enough now. And I think you and I would say the same thing. We know enough to know that that is what it requires. It's this lifetime yeah. commitment to nurse. And I know it's, I've talked a lot here, but that verse just kind of like really grabbed my heart of mm. this attentiveness over yeah. to share life with you and to do whatever it takes for you to yeah. experience the love of God. It's easy. Well, it's easier to start to go. Okay, I can love certain people this way. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, like you know, family. But like now, just going like as a pastor. Yeah. Right. Those who I'm a pastor, I have know, to. <laughs> I have to love people. <laughs> let, let me just cut right to it. Like, how do we incarnate the gospel to those mm-hmm. that? Um, feel like enemies yeah to us right like that's like how do we navigate that like that's that's a challenge yes you know like man so it's you got this side you like you love the compassion side of jesus always pursuing the marginalized and the hurting and you know 
calling up the uneducated and you know the fishermen but then it's just like man how, how do you handle those in the church that are a are well-meaning but not aware of what they're yeah. saying or doing you know or those who are just stuck in a certain way that you may go man this is kind of pharisaic you know a little mm-hmm. bit here and like i'm curious to know man like how have you grown in that like how have you learned mm-hmm. to embody the gospel to those that feel like are in your way <laughs> as yeah. a pastor, you know, like, come on, get on my way. We could do this better if you would just come on board. Right. You know, like, yeah. I am struggling in this um, because my first instinct is to say, I don't. <laughs> I just don't. Um, we we usually the people that show up at church usually aren't enemies. The enemies don't come to church. The enemies won't come near, and so that's where I would say it's a struggle because I'm realizing that the Lord is saying you need to position yourself where they are, or at least near them. Um, border stalking, like to get live in the borders, uh, the border in between our world of safe, cozy, hot chocolate, Christian, evangelical world, and the place out there that is like, they don't want to come in here. And so I think looking for ways to get myself in that place, but also what do you do when you're there? I think is the bigger question. What do you do when you know you're facing an enemy? Maybe when you know you have an enemy who is uh, trying to pick a fight with Mm. you as Christian, trying to get you to take the bait, on some uh, low-hanging fruit uh, that is easy to fight over or the belief in God. Like they're just – like you can just tell it's just like a dig. They're just digging, digging, digging. And how do you stay present and and listen to the voice of God? Um, I think it's going to mean not just chance encounters with somebody on a plane or, Mm -hmm. you know, standing on a street corner, somebody you're never going to see again. I think it's going to take real – friendships and community. Um, and obviously you have go into all the world and preach the gospel and they did and they moved. But it seems like with the verse you just shared, it wasn't a hit and run approach. Mm-hmm. They didn't fly in and everybody get around and we're going to share the gospel and then we got to go to the next town. They set up camp, they set up relationships, people knew them. And also, actually, honestly, in every letter that Paul writes in Peter's letters, they were invested in in the lives of those people. They they had like foundations and stakes in those worlds. And so and then the church was not a building that people came to. They were organic communities planted in the middle of very dark places. And mm-hmm. they weren't just one house. It was just it was like these people, these little Christs in a city that made an impact on people. And so that I, that's how I'd answer it first. Um, yeah. How about how about you, man? It, I I tend to have a, I go one or two ways. First, I go, I I just listen, and go okay, and move on, mm-hmm. <laughs> without any engagement at all, which is not okay either. Um, maybe sometimes it's it's okay. Just because you're like, you know, if you respond, you're just, you know, 
let's just quote Jesus, throwing pearls to swine type of thing, yeah. you know? So it's like, then there's other times where um, I put my debate hat on and I can debate really well. Like apologetics not, not kind t- of stuff? No, not necessarily that. Just just to prove they're wrong. Okay. You know, and like, let's just say it's like, hey, you know, you should really do this as a church and mm. we're not a good church because you're not doing this or that, right? So it's like, well, how do I love this person? And how do I show them the kindness and maybe show why we're doing it? Like, I just immediately just want to, I just want to debate, you know, yeah. and just be like, no, you're wrong. And let me tell you why you're wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember years ago, I think it was like the first year, a lead pastor up north and and a lady came in and that's what she was doing. She was telling me a list of things that we were doing wrong, which was really her way of saying I was doing wrong. Yeah. And and I just didn't have it in me and I just I wasn't kind. I wasn't loving. Mm-hmm. I pushed back hard and she ended up getting out, walking out of the office, out of the building crying. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just convicted me. Oh, and I remember running outside, grabbing her, like gently not like, you know, grabbing her, but like <gasps> you know, saying like, Hey, <laughs> just kidding. I, I'm so sorry, like immediately mm-hmm. just apologizing, asking for forgiveness and Hey, can we just find another time to talk this through that, you know? Yeah. So like I try now to just ask the Lord as best as I can, because I still have fleshy tendencies, but like, Lord, show me their heart. Hmm. Like, what is, what is, what is the real thing here? You know, because if I don't ask the Lord to show me that, like I won't minister to them out of a posture yeah. of love. I'll be feeling offended or whatever it is. It's like, man... But then it's just, it's the same way. It's like, dude, like not just in the church world, but just let's just say enemies anywhere. It's just like, God, help me to see their heart. Yeah. You know, and there's some that will never, you know, soften, but there are some that like, they're just hurt, wounded, confused or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think <laughs> you're going to laugh. I just remembered what I was going to say. No. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I think this posture of, the church needing to like be cautious of its like m- machine-like tendencies for efficiency. Like hmm. I think the more and more as culture goes on, like there's going to be a a clearer sense of people hungering and thirsting for deeper things, and yet there's going to be a lot of people coming with a lot of church hurt, uh, yeah. like just from a lot of this stuff and a lot of confusion. So it's like, if we don't, not just like church, but like any believer, if we don't take something like this to heart, like it's the relationship, it's the long walk, it's the long haul, it's compassion, it's mercy, it's long suffering, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's persevering. This this part of taking on the sufferings of Christ, like this is all, like we have to come back into this. Yeah. I think it's good to think about articulating the particulars of the gospel the the cuz some might critique our conversation even to say yeah but when do you actually get down to the fact of talking about the that they are a sinner and that Jesus died and what that death and resurrection and life did and the kingdom and all those things you know there are verses they need to know there are you know you have to eventually get there um, and I think where I'm, because if, if anybody's thinking, we're not saying we don't do that and that you yeah, don't no, get there, not. 
but it is, um, there's been a little qualifier. Anything said here on Unfinished People is not a little <laughs> But yeah. I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to defend or be afraid. I'm just trying to say where I am, I feel like there's a new place of understanding is those things can be embodied as well. Yes. Um, and I was, you know, Jesus rose bodily and... Sometimes we are so concerned with just interacting with a future spiritual, what we think is going to be a spiritual reality that we forget that people have human bodies they're walking around in that are broken, that are hurting, um, and those longings and those desires. And so picking up those pieces, I think, is, is such an important part of helping people connect with. So it's not just that I have sinned. I think most human beings, even if they don't have a category or a box for sin, can get there in some form to say, yeah, it's really messed up. Something's really lost. And I don't have answers for that. And rather than us going cheese ball, well, let me tell you an answer that I have. Like, tell me more about that. Like, tell me more about that. And and I'm here as your friend and I want to get to know you and I want to hang out with you and you know, and then I love your thing too. Of like, I think there's praying and praying for God to soften and open doors, but also, Lord, how can I live out and embody this truth in the way that I interact with this person? Man, um, yeah, the days of picking which side of gospel presentation matters, right? There's people mm-hmm. who are like, you know, what? I'm just going to show Jesus through how I live. You know, mis- misquoting Thomas. Kempis, I think. But when Aquinas. they say, you know, it was like yeah. Aquinas, you know, or whoever Preach said that. at all times, if necessary, use words. Right, yeah, which is he a didn't misquote. Say and he didn't say in, it, yeah. And then there's the, no, every moment, every opportunity, pull out the napkin, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, how about it's both? <laughs> like, and it's discerning where and what and how and when. Like, that's, that's how you see Jesus do it, too. Like, not, like, every interaction was... Yeah sealing the deal, you know, but like I, as you were just talking, second Corinthians four popped in my mind. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just, we speak the gospel, but we live the gospel, but it's not just like we speak about the cross. We actually live the cross and we don't just speak about the resurrection. We live it. So it's like, I see Paul writing here in this little passage, like this both and like he says, we always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may be displayed in our body. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is dying so the resurrection life can live. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. This is gospel language, right? So then, death is at work in us, but life in you, which is like, mm. I, I'm living this death and resurrection, like, yeah. and I'm constantly suffering, so that life's in you. So it's like, so you see the beauty and the power of the kingdom of God and the gospel. And so then he goes, and since we have the same spirit of faith and keeping with what is written, I believe, therefore I speak, we also believe and therefore speak. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we don't just live it, we will also yeah. speak it, for we know that the one who lays Jesus will also raise you, you know. Uh, it's Corinthians, maybe, where Paul said they're fighting over whose disciple they are, and he's like, mm-hmm. some say Apollo, some say Paul, some blow it. But he said, here's the reality, some are breaking up the ground some are planting seeds, some are watering, some are harvesting. And I think 
we don't have to figure out which one we're doing. We just have to be faithful to continue to do those things right. in people's yeah. lives Amen. while we are consuming and living in the fruit um, of who God is on a daily basis and and allow him to bring that fruit forth and not uh, get impatient and rip the plants out of the ground <laughs> or just go like on a rampage through the garden and be like, none of you are growing. You're all out, you know. No amputation, you know, to steal a metaphor yeah. here, but um, but just that that place of patience um, to yeah. stay with it and trust the Lord's work in people's hearts. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So it's been Gospel Conversations, number three, number episode six, episode four, right? Um, people unfinished at gmail.com as we've said we would love to pray for you but also if you have a comment or maybe a thought uh, or maybe you are one of those people that wants to come to Brandon and say here's what's wrong with you <laughs> please know <laughs> no we would love to hear uh, feedback from you or ways we can interact and pray with you um, but yeah it's uh, it's sweet to do this man I love talking to you I love uh, yeah. working this out and Maybe people see us mixing all the colors uh, in the paint tubes, and they've all come together to make a big brown-gray mess of gospel. But we're okay with that. We're, we're kind of in process and learning to, to paint these things ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. All right, everybody. We'll uh, see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.